and welcome to Dear Percival. Um, this is a special podcast showcasing the enormous talents of Mr. DJ Swales, author and poet. And this indeed is highlighting one of his characters in his marvellous new novel, People of Bloomsbury. This character is called Danny Savarino, and the diary that he writes is called Dear Percival, hence the title. This is episode 12 of the Dear Percival series, and this is called Barbados. Let's make a start, shall we? Sorry, I've been quiet for a few days. Last night, I slept for four hours. I still haven't found my toothbrush, so I've been gargling with salt water and tea tree oil twice a day. I could have sworn I packed it. The chap and custom smirked rather mischievously, but I'm sure he wouldn't have had anything to do with it. Today, I far exceeded my daily recommended fruit and vegetable intake, with four local mangoes, which dribbled everywhere, three delicious but questionable-looking mammy apples, and a large bag of in-season sea grapes sold to me by a lovely lady at Andromeda Gardens, a delightful local arboretum. I have morning coffee there after weathering a gauntlet of snarling yard dogs, but probably won't tomorrow, as I now have a terrible case of deli belly. I will decline the sea grapes next time I go. The lovely ladies of Andromeda Gardens, including a real character named Mama Myrtle, are kindly calling a village meeting to discuss the alleged sighting of my parents. But trying to pin down a time has been difficult. Half of the Bathsheba parish are over 100 years of age and have a dizzying variety of nap times. Some sleep all day and are up all night drinking homemade rum and burning fallen palm leaves in their gardens. Their laughter echoes across the hillsides through the night, so I use my chewed gum for earplugs. No sound gets through and it's still soft enough to chew in the morning. Barbados is very expensive, so I've been foraging to supplement my calorie intake. I found an avocado tree with enough huge fruit to make me a millionaire in Brooklyn or Shoreditch, but there are all kinds of export licensing issues. Why isn't the island more entrepreneur-friendly for tourists resourceful enough to spot an opportunity? The skins on the football-sized avocados here are as smooth as my knees, unlike the knobbly, shriveled things in England. Last night, I cut one in half, scooped out some of the contents, and threw in a can of cold cockaliki soup, which I cleverly warmed with a microwave-blasted sweet potato. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, sweet potatoes really do hold their heat. The combination of smooth and salty really surprised me, and I think I'm onto something. Watch this space for when I get back to England and contact open-minded investors. The whole concept has so much scope. I'm picturing a jazzy menu specialising in every variety of soup. Heinz, Campbell's and Baxter's, apart from Cullen's skink. Perhaps even copper soups. Something tells me hipsters will really embrace an instant noodle range too. 
I'm still racking my brains for an on-the-go format that will suit commuters, with a splash-proof version for those who eat at their desks. The biggest risk is the drop and a plop of the warmed sweet potato, which can spatter an expensive silk tie or blouse with soup. This is the first time I've ever been sunburned and depressed at the same time due to the people who sponsored my GoFundMe.com. They just won't leave me alone. I feel like I've been heckled from dawn until dusk. They have been policing my every step, constantly saying, This isn't why I donated money. Well, how much did that cost? Several times in the supermarket, I returned things to the shelf after my phone exploded with instant outrage. Heaven forbid I have the odd treat. It's not my fault that a Terry's chocolate orange cost the equivalent £30 here. Who do you think you are? Lara in Baltimore asked me after donating a single US dollar just so she could demand that I return my cream soda to the shelf. Do you really need that instant coffee? Brandy and Argyle scolded me when I decided it would be fun to tick-tock my itemised groceries receipt. I should have listened to her. The imported jar cost more than 20 US dollars and was full of weevils. The pick of the crop was a Ricky in Blackpool. Two fresh coconuts, a Cartier watch and a crisp Ralph Lauren shirt. Must be nice, he said, luxury shaming me as I live streamed myself ambling along Super Bowl, a wave-lashed beach where surfers converge from across the world to ride the planet's most reliable wave. You're just there to eye up the talent, he added, ignoring my remarks that my watch was fake and the shirt was a rip-off from a market stall in Cardiff. A week ago, an older couple matching the description of my parents were spotted mooring their yacht at Soup Bowl. They then dived into the water to scrape wads of accumulated mollusks from their vessel's hull. I was further encouraged when anonymous witnesses who now insist on anonymous silence, posted online about how the Italian skipper had added the shellfish to a spectacular spaghetti marinara. He served it on the shore while his wife and first mate limbo-danced, then passed around a cap for donations. In Cleethorpe, Dad used to have a pay-what-you-want night at his restaurant, so this act of altruism fixed him perfectly. And Mum always loved to limbo, even at the church barbecues. As I live-stream myself giggling and dipping my toes into the bubbling surf at Super Bowl, Ricky in Blackball said, What a coincidence! Your destinations are always drop-dead gorgeous. How would you know? You've only been sponsoring me for a week, I replied. Yes, but I've been watching you for a very long time, he said like a true stalker. He then spammed the Limestream feed with his address and pictures of his decrepit Blackpool bed and breakfast. A highly inappropriate promo code referenced an intimate act banned in Alabama and most of sub-Saharan Africa. You should have seen the pictures of his rooms with ratty curtains, stained sheets and clapped-out kettles, not to mention the dust on his radiators. Ironically... Considering my reason for crowdfunding, one photo of a yellowing Polaroid looks like a sleazy crime scene from a missing persons investigation. 
on a bed that resembled a stale layer cake of blankets and duvets, Ricky reclined suggestively and scantily clad. One of the few voices of reason since day one of my GoFundMe.com was Suzette in Paris, who has the most wonderful accent. She was named after a pancake. Her caring nature now seems to have been a ruse as she's morphed into a total bitch. Backing Ricky up, she declared, and to think we're all paying for this. I explained in my crowdfunding post that Bathsheba is a secluded and enchanting little town on the wilder side of Barbados. A place so charming it should have its own local version of Angela Lansbury watching out for picturesque intrigues, solving mysteries like my missing parents and sleeping with one eye open. Yes, I admit Bathsheba is beautiful, but I didn't choose to come here and I'm not on holiday. Yes, after my two-week search concludes, I have booked myself a week of me-time with access to a clifftop spa, meditation tanks and an unlimited colonic irrigation. You can get colonic irrigation for free, says Suzette, to a round of online applause. I would love to update people during that week too, I said, but it's a silent yoga retreat with nothing but birdsong, waves crashing and soundtracks from Buddha Bar. No phones are allowed. You can group text, said Ricky, egged on by Suzette. I'm determined to commit to the extreme regimen, I replied, asking them all to be reasonable and not cancel their monthly contributions as I will need them to pay for the room service. I aim to leave Barbados being able to do the splits again, which I haven't achieved since my years in the Scouts. But every second from now, until I check into Yugo Yoga for a week, will be devoted to my search. My parents may still be anchored offshore somewhere. Simon Cowell's huge yacht is moored at Nicky Beach, and he's here at this time every year. So I sent my crowdfunding link to America's Got Talent with an explanation of what I need. If Simon can be contacted, then I can circle all the island's beaches in safety with a fully stocked bar, charcuterie and crudités. It was all Marlene in Essex's idea. She's one of my backers and said that she previously met Simon at a Basildon cookout. I also sent the link to Sharon Osborne, asking her to kindly forward to Simon. A bit of luxury would help with all this stress. Perhaps if I can stay on Simon's yacht, then I may extend my stay for another week. I will need all my crowdfunders to step up and contribute towards my airline reticketing fees. But who knows, perhaps Simon and I will get on like a house on fire and I can take the yacht back to England. I must go to bed now. Suzette from Paris is already awake and demanding tomorrow's schedule from me. Danny Severino, Bathsheba, Barbados. Thank you. That was the end of episode 12 of Dear Percival. This is entitled Barbados. Now, this is all part of the new and fabulous novel uh, People of Bloomsbury by the author and poet DJ Swales. The book is available on Amazon right now, right now. Go and go, go and get yourself a copy. Um, it's available as an ebook at the moment, but, but soon to be a paperback. So you can have whichever one you want or both. Why not? 
We shall see you again. We shall. No, I shall. No, you won't see me. I shall hear from you. You will listen to me. Hopefully, at some point in the future, when I return with another episode of Dear Percival. In the meantime, thank you for listening and goodbye. (laughs) 